Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 336 of the podcast. Unless you happen to be joining live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, subscribe on one or all of those platforms. Turn on your notifications, catch the show live. Today is Sunday, October 29th. No UFC this weekend, but we have plenty of other combat sports to talk about. We had Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury boxing for some reason yesterday. Um, but more importantly, we have BKFC 53 coming up this Friday in Orlando, Florida at the Orange County Convention Center. And I have with me the headliner of that event, the BKFC middleweight champion, also ranked contender at light heavyweight, I believe still ranked at light heavyweight, Dave Redneck Mundell. Dave, how's it going, my man? It's, it's going, dude. I can't complain. I'm healthy. I'm on weight. Well, close to weight, you know, my on track, I should say. Got a lot of weight to cut, but that's sure. that's normal. Are you cutting a lot of weight these days? Always. Unfortunately, it's it's uh, something I still have to do. Because a, a lot of your MMA career took place at 170. Now, obviously, you're the middleweight champion, BKFC. You fought as high as 205. Um, is it because you've, you've just put on more muscle to be a middleweight or – What's the weight situation? I think it's just age, man. And I'm a fat boy at heart. I love food. I work out. I lift weights. I like doing all that shit. So it just kind of collects over the years, you know. But uh, obviously, when I stay disciplined and I get down to 175 at this point, 170 range, like, that's when I feel I'm at, like, my peak performance, you know. Um, I like fighting at 85-2. I feel like I'm a little smaller than those guys, but I feel like I make up for it, you know, with my abilities. So. Now, when you when you fight up a weight class, do you get a little bit more relaxed in the camp? You're not as disciplined with the diet because you feel like you're not going to have to do that cut, or you still try and still try and my, keep it. My camps are all pretty consistent. That's that's another thing we could touch on too, because everyone thinks that I'm taking. Harry lightly, which is not the case. I mean, regardless of what happens, like I have a very uh, consistent way that I train. I got a regimen that I do. I have my everything's planned out and we go through it. I, you know, I just grind hard all the time. So I don't really slack off in camps. It would just make the weight cut a little bit easier because I wouldn't be going from you know, 196 down to 175 if you're doing 196 to 185, you know, so um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think that we just would be good at either side of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously, weight's never been a huge concern for you because the only blemish on your bare knuckle record was when you fought Hector Lombard, very controversial decision. In my opinion, I may be biased. Uh, I thought you won that fight. I and hear it from everybody. <clears throat> Everyone thinks I won the fight. And going back to that, that was the fight you said that we did at 205. Now, check mm -hmm. this out. Originally, I think we talked about this before. It was supposed to be at 185. Yeah. It went from 85 to 95. And I was like, okay. And then they called me up the week of. They're like, I think I, was, I took the fight on two weeks notice. And they're like, actually, we're going to just do this at 205. He doesn't feel like cutting weight. I'm like, okay. And then the day before weigh-ins... They're like, he's sitting at 214. He just wants to weigh in at that, so don't worry about cutting weight. So we actually weighed in at 214 when we fought. I was just like, but I mean, it was a big name. It was a chance to get me on the map. I'm like, I'm going to take it regardless. And 
I mean, I had already sold tickets and, and blasted it out there. So I kind of didn't have a pop the piss in there. I just had to do my thing. Yeah. Cause then even if you say no, they're going to find some other poor bastard to put in there with Hector Lombard bare knuckle. I remember all this unfolding too, because I thought you were crazy taking that fight in the first place. And then I was like, Oh no, it's going to be 95. Now it's 205. Now it's 214. <laughs> and obviously, you know, Hector Lombard is not known for hitting lightly. <laughs> so the weight's never really been an issue. It's just put me in there. Whoever's in there with me, I'm fine with it. Uh, and that seems to have been your MO throughout your entire career. Is that, that yeah, right? Absolutely. There's not, there's nobody that I wouldn't fight. You know, it all does come down to money. The harder the fight, the more I want to get paid as would anybody. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a fighter and that's what I want to do. So, yeah, for sure. And your last couple of fights, it almost seems as if you were giving opportunities to lesser known guys. I mean, uh, the Mike Richmond fight, which was your last win uh, back in July. Uh, you know, I know you were calling for the Mike Perry fight. That's what you really wanted, but that didn't come together. And right away you shifted gears. Well, let's fight Mike Richmond. Why not? It's it, it's it is what uh, that's where we're at right now. You know, like I'm trying to, you know, uh, you know, farther my career. I'm trying to I'm trying to get my name out there. I'm trying to fight. You know, everyone wants to fight the best of the best or whatever. I'm, I'm not one of these guys who want to keep fighting these bums. You know, I want somebody with some names, some notoriety, just to get me up there and mm -hmm. make some money. It's just what it's about. Yeah. Well, it's not like you have a light test in front of you this Friday. Doug Coltrane is undefeated in bare knuckle i mean he had a few speed bumps in mma uh but you said you're not taking them lightly so what's your mentality going into this one i i, I mean i'm going in there i'm just i guess if anything i'm more relaxed than than and not so i don't want to say stress because i don't really stress about the fights either but i just really don't see any outcome where he could be victorious like he's not going to outbox me i don't think he possesses the power to knock me out mm -hmm. he's going to have a hard time hitting me uh, he just doesn't sound too confident in himself so i just like i don't know like i know my ability i know what i'm capable of so i'm going to go in there and i'm going to do me and he's going to have to deal with me you know mm -hmm. so this is one of the fights that it's really just going to be fun like it's it's a hard sparring session almost i don't know i just i just don't see him on my level i think and i definitely think that's going to show there and and from there we'll just move on to the next so even though you're the one bringing the belt to the table you still feel like the more of the pressure is on him oh absolutely okay now yeah. how did how how did this fight come together because i i know with the mike richmond fight he was kind of out there. He was he was gaining some steam in BKFC, and you kind of gave him that opportunity. How did this right. fight fall into your lap? Um, well, let's go back to Mike real quick. You know, since I couldn't have the Perry fight, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to fight the best. So that's like, well, he's number one. He's the hardest person in the division to fight. After him, there's nobody. So that's why I went after that fight. This one, I was actually expecting to get, you know, I was hoping to get the Perry fight because I was told that that's what was going to happen if I knocked Richmond out, which I did. Mm -hmm. And then they told me that I'm fighting Doug, Harry, whatever. So um, I really think he just got a hold of it because he was one of the very few people 
to get up and actually call me out like he's doing what I think everyone should. So props for him, props to him. But, you know, I do think he called me out a little too soon. We got a little, we got a little farm action going on there at uh, Camp Redneck. What's going on? <laughs> uh, was a fucking annoying ass rooster. He's gonna be dinner soon. You watch. <laughs> it almost seemed like he cut the crow short that second time when you looked over at him. Does he, <laughs> does he hear you preheating the oven? He just he any any time of day or night that annoying bastard just fucking starts going off. It drives me crazy. <laughs> well you know that's that's the life of the redneck right <laughs> well <laughs> farm fresh eggs is always good yeah i'm sure that's got to help uh keep you healthy during the the fight camp you don't have to worry about where you're sourcing your protein from <laughs> he's distracting <laughs> me at this point now he's just teasing you yeah might be hungry i don't know all right well, we'll let you take care of that shortly here. So I had um, <clears throat> I had Chris Lytle on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, who, of course, is the commentator for BKFC. He had some very nice things to say about you, and he was advocating for the Mike Perry fight as well. He thinks that's going to be a fun one. It seems like they want to build up to it. Obviously, you've put together an impressive highlight reel for yourself in this sport. You're a veteran of this sport. I guess you could say, because it's only a few years old. Um, but obviously, you've gained yourself a lot of notoriety in that time since you started fighting uh, bare knuckle. The last time you were on the show, the plan was to eventually go back to MMA. But it seems like, you know, since that time, you've become the champ. Uh, you've earned a lot of notoriety in this sport. Are you all in on bare knuckle right now? Or what's yeah, your mindset I, I, like there? I, I definitely found a home here. You know, they take care of me. There's things that go on because I get it. Like they're, they're also trying to grow the, the sport. They're trying to, you know, and they need the, the views and stuff like that. And that's why they're using Mike. He's a big name. Everyone knows him, even though he's trash, but so they're bringing these other big guys in here. So I get it. And I am just waiting, just waiting to mm -hmm. be able to take that turn and whoop his ass. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sure you can't wait for it. Um, so, yeah, obviously he gets notoriety, not so much for his fighting, even though he's also undefeated in bare knuckle, but because of the TMZ stuff. Out? Huh? Who has he knocked out in BKFC, this huge punching guy? Who's he knocked out? Oh, uh, well, I mean, no it was Rockhold. I mean, he did make him quit. Cool. Yeah. But did he knock him out? Did he even sit him down? I don't, I don't think so. That. I think I it was a standing either. TKO. Yeah. I think Luke's just like, all right, I don't want to get hit in my face no more. I'm done. It did kind of seem like that. He was sorry. They're both yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it's more the TMZ style stuff that, that's gotten him the notoriety and getting – associated with the Paul brothers and, you know, punching old men at bars and things like that, which I know is definitely not your style. You're going to continue to speak with your performances. I'm sure. Yeah. I, that's, I think that's always been my biggest downfall is I'm not a shit talker. You know, I, I, I'm trying to pick it up here and there and 
like even saying that I'm going to knock Harry out is something I usually don't do just because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fight, but I do 100% believe that that's what's going to happen. So I'm just trying to express that now. I'm learning. For sure. We have, let's see, Michael Heckard here, who's also fighting on the card, says you're the best in the game. And I think a lot of people following the sport would agree you're probably the pound for pound uh, best fighter in the BKFC right now. Mike's going to be making his debut on Friday on the same card. Uh, <clears throat> what would you say to people who are still kind of hesitant about bare knuckle? They think it's a little brutal. Um, you, you know, it, it, when they hear bare knuckle boxing, they still cringe a little bit. And, you know, they, they might they might hesitate on, you know, clicking onto the app and checking it out. It's... I get why people think that because you get cut more. Mm -hmm. So like it looks a little bit more, you know, bloody, but it, it's really not that bad. Within a week, my face is healed. I think the longest time or injuries that I have or the biggest ones I should say are, are my hands. And even then that doesn't last too long. It's less taxing on the body. I'm not sitting in there getting hit in the head, you know, hundreds of times by a glove. So I'm able to withstand it and keep going. I, I honestly think that my my career will be longer in BKFC than if I were to go other places. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it looks a little intimidating at first, but it's it's really not that bad. Yeah, Chris Lytle was making some of those points as well, and he said he wished that uh, BKFC was around when he was younger in his career and and closer to his prime because he would have gravitated more towards this sport for that same reason. Something that I asked him and I want to ask you as well, and I know you're going to be biased, but what what's a better background to go into bare knuckle? Because we always talk about MMA, you know, what's the best base? And a lot Absolutely. of people say it's wrestling. But now BKFC, we're seeing, you know, Western style boxers go into it. We're seeing MMA fighters go into it. MMA, um, MMA fighters seem to be doing better. better. So I know you would say that's the better base, but why? Just mainly because with boxing, you have big gloves on. You're able to do things and catch punches that, like, I'm here. I can stop a glove from coming through this little crack. Mm -hmm. But with a fist, like, it's going to fit in there. So you can't you can't catch things that you usually can with boxing. It just it slips in the areas a little bit easier. So I think the guys coming from MMA are kind of used to that. Mm -hmm. And the the range for it too is probably a big thing having gloves on gives you maybe another inch possibly two depending on you know how puffy they are and you see it all the time we have heavy sparring in practice we'll use big gloves and shin pads or whatever and then all of a sudden you take those same guys who are doing good put mma gloves on them and all of a sudden no one's touching anybody and mm -hmm. whether it's because they're afraid to hurt their opponent or the range is just now it's not there. Now I'm throwing the same punch. I'm just not quite connecting, you know? So I think the range and the ability to catch the punches completely change. So that, and I also believe when you get hit with a boxing glove, I don't want to say it's like mushy, but like there's just a, a bigger, and when you get hit with the MMA glove, it's only four ounces. So it's still a little bit uh, more of a crack than a yeah. thud. So, getting hit with a fist is kind of closer too. So, I mean, there's like three little things there, I think play a huge role in it. 
And then outside of that, just grit. Do you think that having the gloves kind of makes the boxers a little more tentative throwing the bare knuckles too, because they're used to having their hands protected? You know, so, I mean, we all talk about that. And I try to tell people like, oh, you don't have to throw all your shots at 100% because everything you touch somebody with is going to count now. Because if we can cut them open, we can just rack up points, so to speak. But uh, when you're in there, it's hard to not try to take someone's head off when you're throwing. You know, it's like you, you, you get in there and you just want to dump in your punches anyway. So, I mean, it's a, it's a it could make a difference but it hasn't for me because i still go in there and i just still throw everything i can behind it the majority of the time especially when i see a punch but you know right so you're you're with uh shift combat sports and you guys have seemed to put together a little bit of a stable of bare knuckle fighters which is not very common like i said the sport's pretty young it's only been around since 2018 or so um do you feel like that's made a difference in your training uh, because you guys are actually preparing for bare knuckle, whereas other bare knuckle fighters are coming from boxing gyms or from MMA gyms where they're, it's kind of a side project, but it seems like it's more of the focus for you guys. I mean, yeah, that definitely has a huge role in it. Um, it when you're training for the sport you're doing is what you, you know, is what you're supposed to do. If you know, you're fighting for bare noggle, you need to be training for those, that rule set and stuff like that. So, um, but we're in there still wearing boxing gloves when we move around with people. Uh, I think it really just comes down to the, to my coach Jihad and the team that I have behind me and that we all just grind with each other, you know, pushing every day when we're in there and just, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's unmatched yeah i'm sure it helps that you have people in the room who have done it because a lot of people are coming into this sport you know maybe they're experienced in mma maybe they have professional boxing fights or whatever the case but they haven't done this and this is a different animal so you're able to feed off of each other's experience and i i don't think there's a whole lot of gyms out there who actually have a stable of bare knuckle fighters And the rooster agrees with me, I think. Yep. Um, I, I, I know there's like, I think some other management companies that have, you know, a lot of the fighters in the BKOC, but I don't know if they all train together like we mm -hmm. do. So maybe that we definitely do have an advantage there. But again, you know, just, just, just the team that we have, the guys we have in there, the combat shift team and Jihad is the coach. I mean, it's just, again, it's just unmatched. Yeah. And without giving it away any secrets or anything, what, what are you guys doing different in the training to prepare for this? Because obviously you come from MMA and you've been training MMA a long time. What's what's different in the training? I I don't I mean, besides the fact that we obviously now we're not doing like wrestling and stuff, we're just training boxing. You know, it's it's there's not really a secret to it. We just go in there, we work and uh, we have. You know our basic fundamentals that everyone's got to go through the, the basic footwork footwork and you know catch and counter and you know slips and parries and all that basic stuff and then we get focal points that okay we know that this is maybe something we're having trouble with and we just we just go through it we know that that's what we're working on and we grab somebody and we drill 
you know, or in sparring when, okay, this is what I want to see more of, whether it be maybe falling outside on your punches or, you know, same side combinations or just whatever it is. There's so many different things. There's so many different schemes. Um, and a big thing I think we've all done a lot to kind of help with maybe bare knuckle is pushing forward more. Boxing, you can kind of sit back, play, and still win, where in BKFC, it seems that they want to see people getting hunt down. So, you know, maybe that, uh, but basically, it's just, just repetition and, and grinding. How much does the clinch come into play? Because obviously, the clinch game is different than Queensberry boxing. Uh, you're allowed to kind of hang on a little bit more and, and play in the clinch a little bit more, which I think probably a lot of boxers struggle with because if they don't come from MMA, they're not used to somebody hanging on their neck and trying to punch them at the same time. You know, I, I we honestly, we get into those situations a lot. We allow ourselves to do that to one another, but we don't really focus on that. It's more like if someone grabs us, like we work to get out of it right away. We, we don't try to grab somebody else and hold mm -hmm. them in there because, I mean, you can't. You can, but you can't deliver a lot of power when you're tied up with somebody. Right. And there's ways to hit them hard from there, but it's still, if I'm too close to you, I'm smothering my punches. I, I want to put myself in the best position possible to hit you. Right. And that's just not where I want to be. So, we, again, we're just focusing a lot on footwork and putting ourselves in the positions we need. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, we, we've said multiple times you're not taking Doug Coltrane lightly. Obviously, when you get to the championship level, there's a lot of sacrifice that comes along with that. I saw on your Instagram recently you had to miss an event for your daughter um, because you have to put in the training. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, the sacrifice to be at this level. You know, especially right now because I still work with uh, my stepdad. It's it's his, it's his electrical company. And um whether or not I have to anymore is kind of irrelevant. It's just a family business, you know, so I still grind there. I still got a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Right after that, I'm going to the gym, lifting weights, working out with my personal trainer, doing whatever is the focal point is for that. And then right from there, I go to the boxing gym or I go meet up with my mitt man and we hit mitts, you know. So I'm literally gone from 7 o'clock in the morning to like 9.30 at night, five days a week. And then on Saturday... I still am gone for like five or six hours in the morning time to go train and do everything else that I need there. So the only days that I got to really spend with the family is Sunday. And then if we got stuff to do around the house, you know, whatever maintenance needs to be done, these fucking chickens, you know, <laughs> it, it, it takes its toll. So it's just a lot of sacrifice and time. Um, I just time away, time not being able to spend with the family. So it's what it is. I know it needs to be done. And then it, at the end of the day, it'll all be worth it. But, you know, yeah, it, it's a delicate balance. And I'm sure in the long run, your family is going to appreciate it because you put in all that time to provide for them. And yeah, they, I mean, they all understand. No one complains. I mean, the, there's uh, times where uh, the stress levels get a little high and stuff like that. But they, they get it. They know because they get to see it's not like I'm out partying, missing or, you know, Shit, I love fishing. I barely even get to go in camps. I don't even really fish, you know, just stuff like that. So they, they see it. They appreciate it, of course. But mm -hmm. it's just part of the game right now. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the sacrifice of, of being the champ. You don't get to go fishing. 
<laughs> so is that the plan right after uh right after the fight you gonna you gonna go uh hit some fishing spend some time with the family yeah take the tune out go hit some island days in the morning time i'll go fishing before i come back and grab the other boat mm -hmm. good times good times all right so the last thing i wanted to ask you about is uh a couple weeks ago fight was announced for december mike perry is gonna fight Eddie Alvarez, of course, Eddie Alvarez, legend of MMA, coming over to bare knuckle. He's had one fight here, I think. Uh, what did you think about that announcement, and how do you see that fight going down? So, now you notice they're grabbing somebody who's got a smaller frame, but he can actually fight mm -hmm. to fight Perry. Like I feel like they keep finding the best possible ways to give him somebody with a name that just still isn't quite able to beat him. Although I think they may have fucked up this time because I don't think Alvarez is a slouch. I think he, he can fight. Um, and even though Perry's bigger, I, I just, I don't know. I think this is, I think this is going to be interesting and it kind of sucks because I want it to be the one to ruin Perry, but either way, um, at least Perry's fighting a fighter and not some bum, but I think it's going to be interesting. I, yeah. I'm definitely yeah. going to be there in attendance, and I definitely want the winner. Uh, I don't care either way. Um, even if they, even if after the fight, Alvarez des decides to go back down to 55 and fight Palomino, then I'll still take I'll still take Perry after to take my turn whooping his ass too. Okay. Fair enough. I like it. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody would deny that Eddie Alvarez can fight. Um, they call him the underground king because – he was such a local legend when he was coming up in the MMA circuit. Similar to yourself, sold a lot of tickets, uh, you know, in the local area. This fight coming up is going to be fairly local for you, Orlando. I mean, you're mostly based in the Tampa Bay area, but, you know, Orlando is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from here. So do you still consider it like a hometown advantage to be fighting there? Um, for me, absolutely. It doesn't really matter whether we're in Orlando or Miami, pretty much anywhere in Florida, like, everybody around this area knows who I am. They come out, they support my fans are the best. You know, every time we go into like when I fought Richie, we went down to Miami. I was like, man, this is the first time I'm probably going to get booed in a long time. And I went down there and they announced me and fucking the entire crowd blew up. And then they announced Richie. And it was like, I, I think, I'm, I think my people were a little bit louder. I was like, damn. Okay. So, you know, it was, it, it was, it was an awesome feeling, you know? So I know I got some, some diehard fans out there that come out and support and that's awesome. So it's definitely going to be a home field advantage for me because I don't even think, um, I think Harry's from like North or South Carolina or something. I could be mistaken about that. It doesn't really matter, but he's not from you are Florida, correct. either way. He's unknown. He's coming to enemy territory and he's going to wish he hadn't. It's going to be a wake up call. All right. We got a listener question here. Dave, how does it feel to have the BKFC make a belt for Perry versus Alvarez? If you could design the belt for them, what would be on it? <laughs> I'm going to skip the last part of that, but it, it's bullshit, man. It's bullshit. Um, again, I, I really do appreciate the BKFC. Uh, they are a great company to fight for, and I understand they're just doing what they have to do to grow the sport, and that's cool. But still, it's bullshit. That belt should be mine. They should be fighting me. And it's going to happen when they do. Everyone's going to see why. 
I would think then you would want them to design a pretty cool belt. So then that one would be on the line when you fight the winner then. <laughs> Man, I got the real belt. I don't give a <laughs> shit about the King of Violence belt. That's 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 just some makeup bullshit that helped make them feel important. Fair enough. All right. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest? You want to shout out any sponsors or any teammates, coaches, anything like that? The floor is yours. You know, I just want to thank everybody who's coming to the fight, everybody who's going to catch the fight live. I want to thank all my sponsors. There's entirely too many of you guys to list one by one, but you guys know who you are. Everyone has played a big role in getting me ready. Uh, my coach, Jihad, my mitt man, Frankie, uh, Chiseled Inc., you know, my personal trainer. Like, we've created a monster, and I'm here to stay for a long time. All right. Well, if you want to catch up with Dave and his sponsors and everything going on on social media, it's at Redneck Mundell. He's been much more active on Instagram these days, so make sure you follow him. I That's will be helping me out. <laughs> give me, give me some pointers there as well. Great. I mean, we could all use them. Um, I will be in attendance. I will be credentialed media for BKFC fifty three. So I will see you there, Dave. I'm looking forward to the show. I'm sure you're going to put on a great show, as always. So if anybody else is going to be in attendance there, please. Feel free to come say hello and, you know, we'll just figure out where to party afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the hotel room with a whole shit ton of food. Okay, yeah. that's the plan. Oh, yeah. That's that's the prep for the big fishing trip after the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, I appreciate your time, my man. Um, and, you know, I hope everything goes well for you this Friday and I hope you get the big fights that uh, that you're looking for. Thank you brother. I appreciate that. All right man, till next time. Cheers everybody. Goodbye.